Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and all-around hiring guru. Today, I have some very special guests joining me. I've asked two of our executive recruiters (laughs) from our VIP team to join us and just have a casual conversation about a topic that I think is so important in our industry, and that's building trust with your recruiter as a candidate. So I wanted to kind of kick this conversation off by tossing it to Ashley because she just recently had a situation happen with one of her candidates that I think really illustrates how she builds trust with her candidates. Well, I I did. I I had a very recent incident. Uh, It was with a candidate. I hadn't been working with them for too long, Um, but in the time that we'd been working together, we built up a a trusting relationship, so we we were good there. Um, And he had an interview with one of my clients. Uh, By this point, we were in the final interview stages and the client wanted to make an offer. Um, And he let me know that there was another, you know, company that he was entertaining a role with and that they were interested as well. Um, So I let him know, um, educated him. I said, hey, if you are working with another recruiter, just to let you know, I've been doing this a while. So I know that, you know, recruiters they do compete against each other. It, it is a competition out here in the industry. Um, and I let him know that there's a chance that this recruiter will tell you, hey, I have an offer for you at this other company. Um, and an offer may not actually exist. So just do your research, um, check in with your gut, and, and check in with what the recruiter is telling you. Um, sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, the recruiter said, hey, I've got another offer for you. It's coming tomorrow. Um, But there were certain questions that I started asking the candidate if he'd considered, and the answer was no, no, and ultimately there was no offer. Um, At the end, the candidate accepted my client's job, but just an instance of kind of building trust and being able to walk your candidate through a process like that. So, Where do you start the trust building process? I think it's all about the introduction. Um, You have to explain to candidates who you are, Mm -hmm. um, why you're in this business, um, what you're passionate about, and more so and most importantly, what your intentions are, um, and letting them know that you have their best interest at heart. Um, And once you explain that and you're transparent with them and you treat them as fairly as you would want to be treated in a recruiting process, I think people feel that um, and they can respect that and it makes them want to work with you. I'm going to go a little off script here for a second, so don't be scared. (laughs) Ashley, you started your career in accounting. I did. Did you sit on the other side of the table from a recruiter? I did, but I I will say that my experiences were very limited. Okay. Um, I met with one recruiter when I was coming out of public. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, And at that time, I didn't even know the value of having public accounting on your resume, really. Um, Met with this one recruiter, got a job really early on. Um, And then the next move I made was actually with my now boss, um, Jess Paddock. He recruited me, um, placed me, and ultimately when I switched careers, um, I knew that I would want to work with VIP if I was going to recruit at all. So 
That was four years and some change ago. Um, so shout outs to Jess Paddock. Um, Good job, and, Jess. And been here ever since. So. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I think I had a little bit of a different experience when I was coming out of accounting because I met with a lot of recruiters. And I didn't have public accounting in my background, which is, you know, for mm-hmm. us, a little piece of gold. But my experience was completely different because I was not treated as a valuable person. Mm. And... I was treated a lot. I, I tell my candidates when I meet with them, I think I met with every bad recruiter in the mm-hmm. DFW area because the good ones knew better than to call me. Right. You know, my background was nonprofit <laughs> and governmental accounting. Absolutely. We don't, you know, typically have mm-hmm. roles for people that are coming out of that industry. So mine was very different. And mm-hmm. I like to use that experience, having mm-hmm. sat on the other side of the table, to work with my candidates and I always tell them I want to be the recruiter for you that I wanted for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so no that's 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 huge and that's yeah. interesting that you had that experience and that you're able to share it from a different side of the table um, I'd say both of my experiences were actually great um, you know and again there was only two people right mm-hmm. um, but I definitely did not have any bad experiences I think what makes me passionate is that I care. I think it's important that everybody is in a position to pay bills. Money makes the world mm-hmm. go round, right? Um, and playing games with someone's job search or their career is just, I mean, I would never want anybody to do that with me. Um, and so just thinking from that perspective, you know, treating people like they're real people with real life issues, solving real life problems, just like me. And not um, just a paycheck. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's key. I love that. I think that's one of the things at VIP that truly sets us apart is that we um, we treat every placement as a relationship and an ongoing relationship and not just a transaction. I know, I mean, I see it every day, especially with the partners who have been doing this for 20 years, that people, I just talked to a candidate the other day that worked with VIP 10 years ago. Really? Yes. <laughs> huh. And still remembers us and still wants to work with mm. us and loves us. And we didn't place him in his role. He's been in his current role for... Eight years, but he had worked with VIP before, and he was just very complimentary of his time that he was there. So, I know that we want to build a relationship with each and every candidate, um, and let's dive a little bit more into the candidate relationship. So, Hannah, when you have your first phone call with a candidate, this is your first touch. Mm-hmm. How should that candidate feel after speaking with a good recruiter? So. After your initial phone call, when you hang up, um, you should have a like a sense of fulfillment in what you've talked about. Um, you should really feel like this person that you explained essentially like the trials and tribulations of your job understands where you're coming from and understands um, what you want out of your next career move. Um, and essentially you should feel like you have someone in your corner now that is looking out for you that is really out there and um, has your best interest at heart Um, I mean I have candidates that tell me like hey I saw this job that you guys posted why didn't you call me on it and I tell them exactly why and they're like yeah I figured there was something going on because you always call me if it fits what I'm looking for so you have a great example of that of a candidate calling you just for that very thing about the job in Plano right you share that with the listeners um so I have a candidate and she's great and she lives really far north um so she really wants a job kind of in Plano Frisco McKinney somewhere that's an easy commute for her because she has kids and you know it's important um and there was a job that we had posted on our website that was in Plano and I hadn't called her on it and so she sent me a a quick message and was like hey so I saw this job and we hadn't talked about it um 
you know, is there a reason why? And I told her, hey, you know, actually that company's moving to, you know, Las Colinas Irving area at the end of the year. So your short commute would be very temporary. And in a year, you're going to be in the exact same situation you are now and wanting a shorter commute to a farther north company. Um, and she was like, yeah, I figured there was something. Otherwise, you would have called me. So I think having that relationship and I like when my candidates don't have to question whether or not I'm calling them on something. Mm-hmm. I like being able to like keep them in mind. And because I and I think Ashley kind of is the same way, like we want to have and you as well, like I lose sleep at night <laughs> if I feel yes. like I have not done right by somebody. Um, so I think that's important for my own sake and the sake of the candidate to have a recruiter that has your best interest at heart and it's really truly in your corner and you need to feel that after the first call. And I just wanted to comment here. Ashley just doesn't sleep at night. She doesn't lose sleep. She just doesn't sleep. She is up at all hours of the night working for her candidates. She is always working. I mean, for the for the candidates that get up early, you know, I noticed the Mm -hmm. ones that get up at the fours and the fives and the six. My late night becomes their early, so they see it first thing. You know, before they start their day, Mm -hmm. they're able to respond. You know, at a convenient time, even if it is that time. And you know, we have a system, so. You certainly do have a system. (laughs) (laughs) It works for you for sure. So, Ashley, after kind of put yourself back into your candidate shoes, okay? Mm -hmm. As a candidate, you've just Mm -hmm. spoken with a recruiter. What are some questions you should be asking yourself about whether or not you can trust that recruiter? Well, I think you should be asking, you know, when you talk to someone, um, by the end of the call, you should you should be thinking, did they even ask me relevant questions um, to even research what I want? Yeah. Do they have an idea of what's important to me? Or did they just pick up the phone, throw a job at me, hope that I live in that area, say that it matches my skill set because I'm an accountant, this is an accounting job, oh, it's a perfect fit, but what's actually important to me? Is it work-life balance? Is it the culture? What am I trying to get away from? Do you care about the current landscape that I'm actually in? What's my situation? What's my end goal? Where do I want to see myself after that? Where do I want to grow? Is that opportunity there? Those things matter. Um, It's not just about, you know, taking a next step and walking through a door and just hoping for the best on the other side. It, It it matters how you get there. The journey matters. So did they research your journey, what you're looking for? I love that. I love that. One of the questions or one of the, yeah, one of the questions that I ask my candidates when I'm interviewing them is besides money, besides location, what's going to make you happy to get up and go to work tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And you can get a lot out of somebody when you ask that question. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, a lot of times people say culture and I'm like, Tell me what culture means to you. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you the culture I like is not going to be the culture you like as an mm-hmm. accountant, you mm-hmm. know, because we're crazy. That's mm-hmm. very true. And and when people tell you that they're in a great culture, that's great news. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I also like to know what that looks like yeah. so that I know not only what kind of culture you want to get into, but what kind of culture are you in when you define it as great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that matters as well. And another thing that you mentioned about being happy. Um, I think that's another reason that, you know, I do this too, is Mm -hmm. because, you know, when you find something, and I think that's something that we can help give our candidates, right, is hopefully you love what you do, right? Hopefully you love what you do. And Mm -hmm. I think that we all do. 
And if we have that feeling, we want that same feeling for our candidates. Absolutely. And those are the types of positions that we're going to search for. You know, it's it's the feeling of, I want you to have what I've found. Exactly. I tell people all the time, I never work a day in my life because I love my job so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, I get so excited to come to work in the morning and I just love what I do, mm-hmm. you know? And when I go home and I'm still talking to candidates and talking to clients, it's not working, I'm still having fun, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I know you guys feel the same way. And I just wanted to kind of throw something else in there too. Tell me, how you feel when you match the perfect candidate to the perfect job. Hannah, you first. Um, you get really excited. Yeah. And you want to call right away and you're just like, this is perfect. This is the best. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it's not always that way. Like you call the candidate right. and something's changed. Like, hey, I moved. Hey, I got a promotion or something along those lines. So that's a little, I mean, they're people, you know, yeah. their lives change every day. Um, but when it actually works out and it all falls into place, it's just like, I don't know, it's like icing on a cake. It's like so beautiful. It's just beautiful. <laughs> what do you think, Ashley? You've recently had a pretty good place. Oh my gosh, talk about what came today and why it came. Ah, oh, you know, today today was actually a good day. Uh, we had a candidate that uh, my colleague and I just placed uh yesterday wasn't um it? and she sent the most gorgeous tiff's treats cookie setup for the office with the nicest note um and and of course you know just just knowing that people are happy is really the the reason that i do it you know not necessarily for the cookies but to you know see that it mattered to someone so much um does make you feel good um, at the end of the day, the goal is to take someone from where they are currently and put them in a better situation. And as long as you're doing that, then, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the goal is complete. So, it's a good day, huh? Yeah, it's a good day. Okay. Ashley, when we were talking the other day, you mentioned the outliers in an assembly line of recruiters. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you both. Um, I'll let you guys look at each other and flip for it to decide who goes first. Um, what sets you apart from other recruiters? Hannah. <laughs> she pointed at me first. Um, I think for me, we all care. We all try to care or I care. Everyone at this table cares. We've already established that. Um, <laughs> and I think for me, what sets me apart is I, you told me I have like crazy good hearing. Um, so I can hear like, Ashley talking about a candidate or Casey talking about a candidate and it might be a month or two later and then a job comes up and it's like maybe not perfect but they're looking for someone out of the same company that either one of their candidates are at or you know they have the same similar background and I can say like hey what about you know person A or what about person B and some sometimes they already know like usually with Ashley she's like yeah I know and um but yeah so I can kind of remember things a little bit better I think, hopefully, I don't want to brag on myself. No, you absolutely, (laughs) your attention to detail, that's one of your strengths. I mean, I can't remember what the strengths was from Strengths Finder, but um, your strength is you're the gatherer of information. You you like to have that information and you file it away for future use for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's where you really add a strength to our team because we know that if we accidentally overlook matching a candidate, one of our teammates is going to pick up and help fill that void and help match that candidate. So, and like if we're on vacation, mm-hmm. you know, Hannah will match candidates all the time while I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. So, I try. 
Ashley, mm-hmm. this was your saying. <laughs> I love it too. Oh, the the outliers. Yeah. Um, in an I assembly think, line. I mean, because at the end of the day, there's so many recruiters out here. There's so many firms and agencies. It's a lot of us. Um, yeah. So I just try to be myself from day one. I'm not going to overpromise. I'm not going to make something sound like glitter and sparkles. If it's not, I'm going to be fully transparent with you. And I would hope that you are with me. And I'm just going to try to build that relationship so that we both understand each other. We're both on the same page. Um, and that you know that although this is what I do for a living, that you're not just a transaction, that I actually care about what happens with your career, that I have a vested interest, Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about you when things come up, that I'm going to reach out to you when things come up. Um, So I just try to build that natural and organic relationship with the people that I work with and, and hope that it's reciprocated. And you do a very good job with that. I've I heard you on the phone. I've seen you with your candidates. I mean, they adore you. There's well, no the doubt about it. It's important. I mean, yeah. you can't get anyone to trust you with something, you know, to this level. Yeah. Um, such as a career change if you don't approach them as a real person. That's the first step. Um, because people can, can sense when you're not genuine. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to have that approach with people. So. I love that. Be authentic. I think when it comes to me, um, I'm probably a little bit more direct, Mm. (laughs) maybe, than you two. I tend to be, I've been told that a time or two. But I think one of the things that I do with my candidates that kind of sets me apart is in the very first interview, you know, I'm listening to them, I'm learning all about them, but I also, towards the end, manage their expectations and I tell them that's exactly what I'm about to do I want to manage your expectations so that you're not expecting something from me that I'm not prepared to give you Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and one of the things I tell them because one of the complaints I had when I was interviewing with recruiters was they would tell me I'll call you and I would never hear from them again that's a promise broken to me Mm -hmm. you know and so when I talk to my candidates I tell them I will not call you unless I have an opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. Trust me, though, if I have an opportunity for you, I'm 100% commission. I will blow up your phone. Or, Ashley, what do you call it? Oh, that's, oh, I don't want to say it. Okay, you don't have to say it. It's not bad. I think it's cute. but, (laughs) But I tell them I will blow up their phone. And I also let them know that the best way to get in touch with me. Like, I know, Ashley, I think yours is text. Yours is email, Hannah. Mine, I I'm old school. Pick up the phone and call me. I check my voicemail every time I go back to my desk. I do not check my email every time I go back mm-hmm. to my desk. So if you want to get in touch with me and you want my attention, you need to call me. And I think that's that's important to manage expectations. I think as as I've been doing this longer, I've noticed it's harder to, you can't call everyone. You mm-hmm. can't get back to everyone. It is genuinely difficult, but I will always tell people that I'm always here. So if you text me at midnight, you know, if you text me at 10 p.m., it's fine. If you email me, I will. I may not come back right when you want it or right right when you're looking for it, but I promise I will come back at some point. I will be right there and the timing will be right. So do you talk about the timing with them? I mean, do you give them like a set time or you just say that I will respond? No, I don't give a set time because I think it's it's. For me personally, it's more difficult to honor set times because in this business, things come up and things change so quickly. Um, Earlier this week, I was calling a candidate trying to set up a client visit. Um, And 
they wanted me to come out that same day because it worked better for them and they were going to be out of town and doing some other things. So that's just a change same day. Whereas if I had made a promise to someone, hey, I'm going to do this this time, this day, they're expecting that, well, guess what? My day's changed and yep. now I have to reprioritize and I may not have a chance to adjust and call everyone. So I just try to do the best that I can um, and demonstrate to the best of my ability that, you know, the people I work with are a priority. So. Okay. Okay. So since we're talking about the candidate recruiter relationship, we know there's two sides to every story, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about a little bit about how the candidates can also build trust with us. So Ashley, what are three things candidates should do to build trust with their recruiter? Well, number number one, um, I will say I've gotten really, really huge on this um, after extensive training. My number one, <laughs> yes, that's that's just paddock training manual number one. Um, do not flake. Um, if I call you about a job and I spend time and I tell you about the job and you say, yes, Ashley, I'm interested, send my resume. Understand that I'm putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. I'm contacting my client i'm telling them client this candidate is interested and then i call you back and i say hey candidate it's time to interview and you say i'm no longer interested that is a huge red flag for me um and sometimes there's really good reasons you know kids get sick and i understand that and sometimes that's okay but there's other times where that's you know clearly not the case mm -hmm. and in those instances you have to think about us as recruiters we work with hundreds of people a day. You know what I mean? If we have other candidates who are looking just as actively as you are, but they're going to our interviews, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're responding to us. We're more likely to work with that candidate than yes. we are somebody who is flaking on our interview. So do not flake. Um, number two, be as transparent as you expect me to be. If you have other things going on, I respect that. Um, if you don't want to reveal all the company information, all the name, I respect that as well. But just tell me that the elephant in the room exists so that I know. Um, and I think uh, the other part, the other factor would be to be coachable, um, be receptive to interview tips, because um, at the end of the day, I want to help you get the job. I really do. Um, and if there's any way I can help you, I'm going to try to do that. You know what? And that just brought up something that just happened. The coachable piece. You know, I mean, we take time to prep our candidates before their interviews, and we give you a lot of our time to do that. Make sure as a candidate when you are given that information that you use it. We're mm -hmm. giving it to you for a reason. So, Hannah, what are three things candidates should never do? So, me personally, <laughs> when I, I call a candidate about a job and the first thing they say, like maybe I just say like, hey, I have a job in downtown Dallas. Okay, you can send me. And I'm like, well, don't you wanna ask questions? Don't you wanna know about you know what the culture is like what the benefits are like there's a lot of factors which we've talked about that go into a job move so if you don't care where you, you move like why should i that's kind of like i want to place you because we're under commission but at the same time it's like yeah can i just call it's every recruiter everywhere calling you with any job and you're just saying send me um so asking questions is really important to me as the recruiter because um, it shows that you actually care about where you're going next and that you're not saying yes to everything that comes your way. Um, and say that I call you and everything goes great. And then um, don't go on the interview if you don't want the job. 
So this comes back to like what Ashley was saying, don't flake. If if I call you on a job and you tell me I can send you, you should show up to that interview. If you do not want to be sent to that company for whatever reason, maybe you've heard bad things, maybe, you know, friend works there and you're not friends anymore or whatever the situation is, um, don't just go just to have a conversation or don't just send your resume out there to see if they like you or not. If you don't want the job, do not go to the interview because if it comes up that you get an interview and you don't want to go because you've decided that all of a sudden you don't like that company anymore, um, then you end up flaking out. So the next thing you should never do is shop an offer. So if you go to an interview, they love you, you love them, you say, I love this company, I wanna be here, and they present you an offer, and then you go to every other company that you've interviewed with that was interested in you and say, they offered me X, can you beat it? Um, That puts us in a bad position, because Mm -hmm. now we have to call the company that you've signed an offer letter for, and you've given them a start date, and they have let go every single other person they've interviewed for the job, and tell them that you are not showing up. And it puts them in a bad position because they've let everybody go that they've interviewed for that job. They have to start all the way back over. And it puts the candidate in a bad position because do you think that company or anyone involved in that interview process will ever work with that person again? So It's a small community for sure. It, it is, yeah. um, especially if it's a very niche market mm-hmm. um, or niche kind of industry. So those are three things that just – as a recruiter, don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it because it, it looks bad on you, and it also looks bad on the co- the can the company and everyone everyone involved. It just looks bad. So, and I think it goes into Casey's point, um, mm-hmm. her point about transparency. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just tell us. And Just we tell us. Yeah. But and kind of along those same points too. Know that we are looking out for your best interest as well um we had a situation not too long ago where the candidate came and told us that she needed and i'm not going to divulge all the everything about it but she needed insurance for a very specific reason and she needed good insurance Mm -hmm. and we had client a it was it was a good company but their insurance was horrible horrible like even if they gave her um i think it was a seven thousand dollar raise on her base she was still making less than what she was making in her current position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where company B was going to give her a raise and they covered the entire family 100%. Now, as a good recruiter, oh, and let me throw this in there too. We, we would have made more money off client A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we knew that wasn't right for the, cl- for the candidate. So we made sure that we sent her to client B. We gave her all the information about client A. She's like, I can't do that. And we placed her with client B and, you know, fairy tale ending mm-hmm. everybody's happy mm-hmm. so and i think that we see we've, we've probably got tons of those stories right, right. where we've placed people in job. i i don't know about you too but i tell candidates no to jobs all the time even if they're a fit mm-hmm. skill set wise because i know they're going to be miserable once they get there if you want work-life balance and you're going to have to work 80 hours a week but you can do the job that's not a good fit absolutely but you have to tell us first you do have to tell and us some people are very um for whatever reason they're very protective of themselves and Mm -hmm. I get that Um, but certain situations transparency on both sides is very key on our side and theirs I think transparency that's the word of the day we should hashtag it (laughs) VIP transparency there you go I love it I love it creative you have been coming up with stuff like crazy this week should be a lyricist (laughs) okay next life Mm -hmm. we need you here right now 
All right, ladies, I am going to ask each of you, I don't think we have time to do all three of our VIP questions, but I'm going to ask each of you one. I think we've all decided on what that question I will be. I never decided. Well, you gave me an answer to one. Okay, you can ask me that one if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> or you can change it up on me. I think I'm going to change it up on you. Okay. I'm going to change it up on you. I think okay. you can handle it. Okay. What is the one thing you do to start your day to set it up for success? Be nice. Wake up and be grateful for it. Ooh, gratitude. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. Happy to see the day. It makes everything better. Mm -hmm. All right, Hannah. <laughs> I can't remember which one you just <laughs> My, I, Number one? Yeah. Okay. So, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? So, I would take my boyfriend scott lucky um, guy good old scott <laughs> scott's gotta hey, come hey scott i Shout hope you're watching this scott. doesn't have a choice um i'll just drag him along he won't even know um <laughs> oh my gosh poor scott we talk and, about you at work scott and um actually praise for you scott <laughs> um and my dog i would take my dog so scott and my dog keen yes and joaquin joaquin keen for sure and I would take maybe dog food. <laughs> <laughs> totally gave you that idea. Did you really? At least, What's definitely. That's the only dog three. Treats, you then. know you could have taken a third person. Yeah, but I didn't really want to bring my mom because I don't know. Awesome. Like, don't even, Ashley. <laughs> I think with all that, I'm going to wrap this up today. Awesome. It's starting to get a little off the chain. Mom, you've got to stay home for the dog food. <laughs> <laughs> She's got grandkids. She needs yeah. to stay on Earth. Oh, my goodness. All right, ladies. I just want to wrap this up by saying one thing to you. Besides the fact that I'm so incredibly honored to get to work beside you every day. This was fun. You. <laughs> you girls are VIPs. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.